Hey, all you maximizers out there, the wolf here, and I wanted to give a quick intro for our guest this week, Nathaniel T. Moore. He's a business owner, an entrepreneur, and an all-around fantastic guy, and I wanted to get him on the podcast so we could dig deeper, get some information and some nuggets from him on what's made him successful, some of the strategies, some of the life skills he's learned, and how he handles his business to move it to the next level. Nate has been growing his business now for probably for about the last 10 to 12 years, and there's no sign of stopping him at, at all. So pay attention, grab your journal and a pen, and get ready to take some notes because we're going to drop some nuggets on you. Have a good one and enjoy the episode. Yeah. Here we are with another episode of Maximize You. Hey, Wolf. How you doing, man? Pretty good. How about you, Captain? You doing all right? Man, I am super fantastic. But getting better, right? Every day. Awesome, awesome. Well, tonight we're here with a new episode with a good friend of ours, Mr. Nate Moore. Yeah. We wanted to get him in and pick his brain a little bit about his success cool. mindset and a lot of the things he's got going on in business and in life and just share it with the world, the maximizers out there, and see what we can do to kind of help you guys move it to the next level. Love it. Well, great. Thank you for How's having going, me. Man? I am excited. Yeah, you are, man. I wish you guys could see the big smile I have on my face. I was just about to say, Nate, Nate wears like a smile that goes from coast to coast. Okay? I mean, <laughs> I mean. He does. You're right. I mean, it's just amazing. But that also, that's his personality though, right? Oh, yeah. Positive, forward-thinking, you know, poss- full of possibilities. It's just yeah, that's right. Possibilities. Oh, I love it. That's good. That's what I liked about Nate when I met him. And I don't know that he remembered back way back when we played around the golf together, but um, I'm like, this is an interesting fella right here. He probably beat you, didn't he? Yeah, he did. I'm still working on my game. My handicap is still my swing, so it's, <laughs> it's okay. I'm still working on that part. But, yeah, as I saw Nate and what he's been doing a lot locally, you know, with the coaching and the personal development, yeah. he's kind of getting his face out there in the social media world. I said, that's pretty interesting. And then as I dug in, and I knew a little bit about your story, but not the total thing, so... Kind of give us a, a, you know, a sneak peek of your story and what brought you from, you know, where you were to the success you've got today. Because yeah. I got to say personally, it seems to me you've created quite a bit of success in a short period of time. And what are the, some of those strategies and what have you learned and that, those kind of things? Yeah, I think it's important that we do talk some strategy, but it's very intentional and it was strategy for me not. You know, a lot of people, they, they do a little work on me and they say, what the hell does Nate do? Yeah. <laughs> okay, Nate's always on social media. He's talking. He's okay. Some of the stuff he's saying is cool, but what exactly does Nate do? Right. And so it's been a plan of mine to say, you know, I want people to, I want to remain interesting, and that's been my motto for a very long time is to remain interesting. When you are interesting, people are starting to pay attention to things that are interesting. Right. Mm-hmm. And so uh, that's just a little note to take if uh, if you're trying to find out what, how do I get my edge in business, or how do I get my edge. Uh, where I work or how do I get my edge in my relationship is focus on becoming interesting. Hmm. And if you can focus on becoming interesting, other people will pay attention. Yeah, when did you pick up on that idea, though? Because a lot of folks, they just want to you know, they just want to get their message out. They just want to get their product out. They want to do the thing. And, of course, you tell them to find their unique value proposition you know, or unique selling proposition. But when did you keep really key in on this idea that, hey, let me, let me be interesting. Let me use that as a way to stand out. Yeah, I, I think that's a great question and a great segment uh, because that is the question, right? Yeah. Is how do you separate yourself and get the results that you want? I mean, that mm-hmm. is really – and for me, it was, it was good because when I didn't have really clear direction and I wasn't putting a lot of time and investment in myself, I was forced to look around. Mm-hmm. I was forced to look at other people that I deemed were interesting. Mm-hmm. And so 
in the car business, uh, one of my first jobs, real jobs, you know, my, my manager was the most interesting guy there because, number one, he made the most money. He sat in a big black chair. He, <laughs> yeah. he made all the decisions on the deal. So I said, mm-hmm. that guy's interesting. So I yeah. need to learn what he's learned in mm-hmm. order to get to where he's at. Hmm. And that was the moment for me that kind of shifted from starting in the car business to, hey, I, I, I'm going to try to figure this thing out to, well, let me identify some people that are actually winning. Mm-hmm. Those are the people that were interesting. And I started focusing on even down to how they walk, how they spoke, how they handled themselves. You know, what was their handshake like? And mm-hmm. uh, what was the everything? The interaction was like. So mm-hmm. I really studied uh, who they were and what some of the things that they did yeah. uh, that w- caused them to be successful, you know, because you find success in a lot of small details. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times we don't pay attention to those small details. And for sure. me, I'm super observant. So I was really paying attention to every little detail that was happening that I can use to apply to my life that yep. will maybe give me that edge. And so the focus went from that to, hey, you know, identify myself as a businessman because everybody else said I was a good businessman to, I was like, okay, a good businessman, just because you're a good businessman doesn't mean you grow businesses. Right, right. And so I, was, I, started, I started doing some research and start really, I, I, I took a beach trip and, uh, and I took one of these books that was in my library that I had no clue. I mean, I didn't even know I owned the book. <laughs> I've it, done that. You've been it's there. It's the craziest oh, yeah. thing. I, really I, mean, I have that book. Look but, on my shelf. I'll find it. The right book always finds its way to fall off the shelf. And so mm-hmm. I take this book. It was called From the Penthouse to the or From the Poorhouse to the Penthouse. And so I read this book on my beach vacation. And it was all self-development, personal development, mindset type thing. And that was the first time I ever read a book like that. And then I started realizing, I started trying to identify, okay, for so long, Nate's identified as a good businessman. But the good businessman didn't cause my businesses to grow. What was it? And I I started digging there, and I realized that there was a few things that I was really good at. I was very good at communicating. I was very good at taking very complicated situations and communicating them and simplifying them so people can understand a complicated situation. Not only that, I was able to inspire people uh, and draw out what was in them, that value that was in them that they didn't otherwise see. Mm-hmm. So I was very good at impacting people in that way and causing them to do things in a manner that they didn't otherwise believe that they could do. Mm-hmm. And in result of that was a great culture, was a great morale, morality in the business, relationships were formed, community was built, and the business grew. Mm-hmm. And that's when I said, okay, this is what, this is need to be packaged. This is what people really need. They need to be focusing on them and not outward, but focusing really on them. Mm-hmm. And uh, what is something that's unique and interesting about them that they now can share to, with somebody else? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the, the things mm-hmm. that sometimes is a little on the, um, maybe a little bit on the fuzzy side is, again, going back to your unique value proposition. And you know that there's this thing about you that might potentially set you apart, but how do you go that next to take them to that, right? Mm-hmm. How do you get them to see that that is something not only that sets them apart, but to actually claim that and to be able to use that? How do you coach yeah. people with that? It's a question, man. I ask questions. Yeah. Because a lot of times people don't really, naturally they don't focus on them. They don't pay attention. So they'll mm-hmm. say things. Mm-hmm. And then I'll ask them a question. What does that mean though? Mm. Like they'll say, hey, you know, I have these great gifts and talents. Like this job really utilizes my talents. And so I say, well, can you tell me what are your talents? Uh, yeah. And and they look at me and they're like, I, I don't know. 
<laughs> never really thought about never it. Never right? really thought yeah. about it. And that's my whole thing is if I can get people thinking about themselves, if I can get them really focusing on and identifying, clarifying their values or some of the things that they really believe, if they can grab a hold of that, then that can gain a little bit more confidence inside of them. Mm-hmm. And that momentum is all it takes. Yep, I mean, right. once you get the momentum going, it's all over. I mean, I, I do it in my interview process. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's part of our interview process. So it's, it's all about focusing on them and identif- having them really think about themselves, really think about some of the things that they're saying. And when they do that, it builds that confidence. And next thing you know, they're saying, well, what, is, what else about me that I didn't realize was inside of me? Right. I, just, yes. I just said, they were like, I just said that. Mm-hmm. Or I just didn't know what I just said. And then it goes to, well, then they have to answer. And I'm like, give it up. Give you, I'm going to give you some time. Yeah. Then when they come out and say it, they're like, wow, that just came out of me. Yeah. And I, th- I think that's so important because I've, I've come across several folks, I mean, over my life, right, or in, at least in my adulthood, who have said, you know, you know, I've often dreamed about doing this or I've thought about doing that. And then I'll ask them, well, why don't you? Mm-hmm. Well, because there are other people that do this or I just don't know if I'm good enough for it, whatever, you know. And it's like mm-hmm. you said, Nate, you, you got you to kind of draw that out of them and get them and ask those questions and, mm-hmm. you know, get them thinking about themselves a little bit more. Mm-hmm. It's and, the time. You got to put yeah. the investment in the time. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's important to get that realization down. Yeah. So as you look back, Nate, is there, you know, because what you're talking about really is leadership. Mm-hmm. I mean, true yeah, leaders. A lot of it. You know, a lot of people may call themselves leaders, but the true leaders, I believe, are the ones that draw stuff out of people, who make mm-hmm. the people around them better, right? Mm-hmm. Because all ships rise with the rising tide, right? So if mm-hmm. you make them better, you're going to look better, your company's going to be better, they're going to pay more attention and to be more engaged. So where do you think that, I mean, besides this book that you read, was there anything else in your life that maybe kind of give you that idea that, you know, this is part of who I am, or where did you learn that? Yeah, I, I guess it's events, you know. I, if I had to think about the different events that happened in my life, because to back up and talk a little bit early about my story, it's like I really identified myself as being super shy. Hmm. But I remember somebody telling me that early on in my life that you're just a shy kid, you kind of do your own thing, you kind of are a loner, you're a thinker. So all of these labels that people placed on me, oh, yeah. people that yeah. were important in my life, people in the church, people in my household, mm-hmm. you know, uh, my mom and dad, or these important people put these labels on me, and I identified with that. Yeah. And because of that, there's different events that I think about in my life, and there's one that <laughs> it stands out the most is when I won prom king in high school. I was thinking, well, how does a shy kid <laughs> win prom king? Uh-huh. Yeah. So it's just that little thing. It wasn't like this big deal for me, but it was like, oh, wait a second, there's got to be something. There's got to be something else yeah. because when Good. people walk past me and say, "Hey, I voted for you," or "I nominated you," or "I this," or "that," and I'm saying, "What are they realizing about me? What are they recognizing mm-hmm. that I have?" And so that was one thing. And then I got into college and. I really made a lot of friends in college. I mean, I met a tremendous people in the year that I was there before I dropped out. I mean, I just met and made a lot of really great relationships. You kicked that shy kid to the curb, huh? Yeah. And <laughs> it was, just, it was just weird. You know, it really was weird. Yeah. It was like, how could I be so shy? Mm-hmm. And then I start navigating and I get these different things and these different events. And so it's really paying attention to saying, okay, there's something up. But here's a strategy that I use that really ironed it out for me, that really, that, that really just kind of pinpointed it was 
I asked my top five people that were around me, mm-hmm. not family, but friends. Mm-hmm. And I just said, you know, can you tell me what it is about me that you think is I'm really great at? Yeah. Like, what is that thing that you see of me that I'm not, I'm missing? Right. Like, t- and be real with me and mm-hmm. text that to me. Don't tell me over the phone. <laughs> I want you to send it to me in a text message. Yeah. <clears throat> and those five people came back to it was all communication. Yeah. It was how I communicated, how I made others feel when I was in their presence, or yeah. how to you know what was my posture like whenever I communicated with other people. How did they feel when I communicated with them? Some of the complex things that I discussed that they had issues with that I made it simple to them, and so mm-hmm. that really was like okay, that's me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So f- for for folks that are listening and they might want to try that because there's there's a lot of value in that because and, and not your not your spouse or you know but but, but people or significant others but people in that inner circle that that know you they interact with you they know who you are so I got to ask this part for folks that might want to try why the why the text message rather than a phone call or face to face did you just want it in writing I did wanted it want in writing it? okay because what happens is is that we we tend to forget those things yeah yeah mm-hmm. love it. Yeah. Our environment is just, I mean, it's yeah. hard to be interested. It's hard to pay attention to ourselves, right? Oh, I mean, yeah. No you got a million things that are so interesting all around right. us popping up, all these distractions. And so mm-hmm. uh, I wanted in writing because I wanted documented. I, yeah. I wanted to have it in that where I can always go back and look at it and remind myself that this is why. You know, because you can read a book and about communication and you can say, well, I don't measure up to these techniques or these strategies or what's in this book. So then you'll shy away. But that doesn't change who you are. This is who you are. Sure. And it wasn't a strategy to get you where you are. It's just who you are. Yeah. And so it reminds me to continue just being me. Love it. Interesting. That's good. Good stuff there. So let's tell us a little bit about this business journey you've taken because it seems, I mean, I know your story. Maybe you can share it with our audience of, you know, where you've gone. I know you said you're selling cars, you know, went to college, you know. I know you were in real estate for a bit. Mm-hmm. Give us a little yeah, bit of me, that Let journey. me put it in order, yeah. you know, for the... Yeah, for the, chronologically. Let's, let's put it doing. in order here. <laughs> Take us on a drive. Okay, so I graduated 2003. I, look, I, I grew up, my, uh, my mom and my parents were full-time ministry, so that's all I knew. Uh, they went through a divorce when I was 16. I moved out when I was 17. So I graduated at 17, moved out when I was 17, went straight into college. Uh, and college was rough for me. I mean, I loved it. I made really good grades. I was going to school for law. But I didn't know anything of how to make money, what that looks like. All I knew was ministry. Yeah. Okay. So I, I, I didn't, at that age, trying to figure out which, where am I going, what direction do I head down. All I knew was ministry. That's it. And so... What happened was, and I, don't, I still don't know to this day how I picked up the book called Rich Dad Poor Dad. I don't even know. Uh, I, I don't yeah. know if somebody it's recommended like it. it to me. I just don't know. But I went to Born to Noble, got that book, and I read the book. I read that thing in one day. <laughs> Holy cow, that's saying something. That's, that's not a small read either. I, I mean, I, went I, after it. I could not put it down. It was just that interesting to me. And my whole perspective just changed. Like, changed. It was like... Wow, look at all these possibilities. Like you took the blinders off, right? That's right. It was like I was unlocked in a way. Mm. And so so that's whenever I was like, okay. His thing was, hey, maybe question some of your your closest friends or talk. You know, he's talking about association, and that's one of the laws in there or whatever. So I started talking to different people in college. I started asking them the question. I said, you know, uh, so how long have you been here for? And the average was three, four years. Well, I was like, okay, how, how many times have you changed your major? 
And <laughs> it was like two, three times, yes. four times. And I was wow. like, okay. And I was thinking, so I asked him, I said, so what are your plans after college? I don't know. No clue. It's just college right now. <laughs> and so I'm thinking, okay, this could be me. And I remember telling myself, okay, Nate, do you want to give this four or five years, everything you have in college, or do you want to go and take that to the street? Hmm. And in me was college is not for me. Maybe it was something that my parents wanted me to do, but yeah. mm-hmm. Nate, there's a greater pull here. Yeah. And I knew that. I was fighting with that. And I think that's key because a lot of people fight with that inner voice. Every yeah. single one of us do. Yeah. And so I was fighting with that inner voice. And I was saying, okay, I have to now deal with that inner voice. And so I remember going to my parents' house, my dad, my dad, who was there, and my brother. And, and I remember getting an opportunity after reading that book uh, into the car business because I was working part-time uh, at Diller selling suits. And I got an opportunity there. I remember going to talk to my family about it, and they were not really cool about it. Like, my dad is like, <laughs> I mean, I remember the words. He's like, yeah, go to college. What are you trying to do? Become a millionaire overnight? And my older brother's like, oh, man, nobody's selling, buying cars every day. So you're not going to make any money. That's just a dead end. You need mm-hmm. to stay in college. I remember leaving. I was crying. Yeah, mm-hmm. sure. I was crying. I mean, wow. I was 17-ish, 18-ish at the time. Yeah. And I decided walking away saying I'm dropping out of college. I'm in this thing on my own. I'm going to do, I'm going to do it. I, I have to negotiate and steward these gifts, yeah. and I have to deal with this inner voice. I'm going to go. I'm going to do it. So I did it. I took the job. Uh, and <laughs> three months later, I'm the salesman of the month. There you go. Yeah. Huh? Salesman of the month. Uh, I remember getting that check. I took a picture of it. I have it. St- I still have that copy of that check, by the way. Nice. Good for you. Nice. I-, I-, I took a picture of that check, and I showed my brother, the oldest one. I said, "They can't sell cars every day. People don't buy cars." <laughs> he looked at you. that check and he says, "You made that much money." Yeah. I said, "Yeah." He says, "Well, how do I be a part of that?" Yeah, right. <laughs> he yeah, bought, yeah, he really. saw the reality, right? Yeah, yeah it was cool. It was possible. It, 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 he saw that it was possible. You know, and so he, his story, he was in college. He was last semester. He's like, hey, how do I get a part of this? So he yeah. literally dropped out of college. Long story short, he's a general manager now <laughs> in the car business. <laughs> nice. And he's crushing it. He's doing an awesome job. Ah. But you never know when you follow that thing, that inner voice. You never mm. know who you who else you were impacting and inspired. Anyway, yeah. so, so I, I, you know, I graduate there. I read some books. I read uh, How to Buy uh, Real Estate with No Money Down. So I bought my first property when I was 18, bought it with no money down. It was the first property I bought. I had a credit card on my name, had a paid-for card that was given to me by my family that was being ready to be taken away from me because I'm no longer in college. You know, so, so I have to buy you my own don't car. Need this. You know, so so I, you know, I remember uh, I remember reading that book, and uh, and the sales guys were on me. They were like, nobody's loaning an 18-year-old kid a house. Forget about it, dude. Just focus on selling cars. Be glad that you have a job here mm-hmm. selling cars. You got this opportunity. I end up buying a house. I end up uh, finding a house. Uh, it was on the market for sixty thousand. Offered twenty. Um, got it for twenty five thousand. Wow. Couldn't pay the first payment, so I had to have all the repairs done in thirty days. I had the house sold within thirty days oh, and made geez. about thirty five thousand dollars on it. Wow. And I remember sitting at that table thinking, okay. <laughs> that just happened. Yeah. Just once, let's do it again. Let's do it again. <laughs> let's do it again. But, you know, awesome. it, it, it's that's how I got started. And I started flipping more houses. And then uh, at the age of 22, I bought my first business. Uh, but that started, I bought my first business when I was 17. Yeah. Right? 
in the real estate business. Yeah, men- right. mentally. Yeah, man. Yeah, I love that, man. I was in the newspapers, man. Mm-hmm. I was dreaming. I was calling on it. They, the little business for sale ads in there, I was calling them. Mm-hmm. I sounded like a fool, I'm sure. But I told myself, those people would never meet me. They'll never know who I am. Just make the phone call. So I would call them. Hey, man, what, what's your little business about? And tell me about your business. I act like I had a million bucks. <laughs> I'm negotiating with them and can't even pay. You know? So I'm, I, I'm like, I'm playing this whole game and just drawing because I'm saying, hey, look, I, I believe I want to be in business. And so I started making those calls real early. And uh, But when I was 22, uh, I remember calling the broker and saying, hey, look, um, I have these unique skills. Uh I think I can turn some things around. At the time, I was a general manager at an RV lot, and I helped turn that lot around in a year. And so I was like, hey, just what I'm looking for is something that's financially in trouble, very distressed, uh, low money entry, and then I can go in and turn it around. So just call me. I know you don't probably have that, but just call me whenever you get it. He calls me in a daycare business. Hmm. I'm like, okay, I'll go take a look. Uh-huh. My wife's got an in-home daycare center. She's doing well with it. She likes it. I go look at it and I say, "Hmm, this is cool." I remember sitting outside of the win- outside of the the building. I'm watching people go in and out. I thought that was just so intriguing that people would literally walk into a business, go pick up their kids, do business, and go home. It was just a big deal for me. Like, wow, people hmm. are actually doing transaction in there. Right. That's cool. I would like to own that. And that's what happened. I end up uh, the business was listed for one hundred fifty thousand. I end up buying it for fifteen thousand. Come on. <laughs> Holy what? cow! What? Jeez! That's a whole other story in another I, session. I guess so I'll so so. buy it for wow. fifteen thousand. I get in there as an asset sale, and uh, and end up they had maybe thirty kids there. Uh, I was breaking even, and um, and so end up turning that around, getting it up to about sixty five kids at that location, and then we moved to a new location in Karen Crow, and then we start acquiring from there. Wow. And so uh, seven centers later. Um, and two healthcare companies and serving thousands of families later, you know, all in, I mean, we're talking 15 years ago, I was, let's see, so 17, 10, yeah, roughly, <laughs> roughly 15, 16 years ago, I was washing wow. dishes, guys. Like, yeah. that's yeah. the crazy part is that nuts, I was washing dishes. No, but, that's and, awesome. but here's the thing, though, because you hit the nail on the head when you said mentally, you bought that. You had that business already. That's right. And I think that's the key. And I think that a lot of folks there, and I and I'm speaking from my own personal experience also, right? Is that we we create our own self limiting belief, mm-hmm. right? Sure. And I'm going to try this, but I'm only going to dip my toe in it. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to go all in, and I'm certainly not mentally engaged in this endeavor, right? Mm-hmm. And if you're if you're not going to commit and mentally own it. How in the world can you be successful with it? Absolutely. Because you're not going to give it your all. Mm -hmm. So I don't think so. No, it's true. I mean, like in the car business, like I literally mentally saw myself as the number one guy. Mm -hmm. I knew what he looked Mm -hmm. like. I knew what he dressed like. I knew how he walked. Mm. (laughs) I knew how he treated his customers. I knew the confidence that it, I knew what that looked like. Yeah. So all I had to do was perform that. What, you know, what the mind can conceive and And believe believe it it can can achieve, achieve. right? And I think the key phrase in there is believe part, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, people, we can all conceive it and think we can achieve it, but do we truly believe that we can? So when do you know when you actually believe it? It's a tough question. I mean, I think it's that whole faith piece and the fact that, you know, can you visualize that real picture? And it sounds like that's what you did, Nate, is you really began to visualize. I don't know if you did that 
knowingly and, and on purpose. So, but it seems like that's the story you're telling us right here. Yeah, we're gonna get a little bit deeper here. Sure, let's do it. <laughs> awesome. Because you Bring really it. don't believe it until you get faced with some trial. Right. That's right. Right. Like, you can envision it. You can say all your affirmations if you want. You can dream it all up. But whenever the utilities goes out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it gets real. And there's no right. food in the house. Yeah. You're going to identify whether you believe it or not. That's do you right. still see that guy or do you see the current guy? Mm-hmm. And that's where the rubber meets the road. Yeah. Because yeah. people can say, I believe it, as long as things are still going the same way. But when things get tough and you can still see it, I remember my wife looking at me and saying, you know, baby, it's time to get a job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's tough. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But my words were... No, we're not finished yet. <laughs> this ain't over. This is when you bought the daycare somewhere. This in that is temporary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I owned the daycare. I was struggling. I was losing money. It was doing. No, it was no good. Right. I mean, I was having my second child. Utilities are out. No running water. Mm. I'm having number two. Now people say, "Hey, dude, you're crazy and not responsible." And I'm saying, I'm not finished yet because <laughs> right. I can yeah. see that guy. I can see the finish line. I can see what is. Mm-hmm. And I always tell myself, yeah, I can own ten day, five daycares. I can own ten businesses. And it's funny that I have that now, but at that time, I already had it then. Mm-hmm. I didn't care what it looked like. I didn't care that my neighbors were looking out of the window saying, oh, he can't open up his garage doors because his utility is off. I didn't care about that. You got that matter. tough, huh? It, oh, no doubt. Wow. It didn't matter because I, I stayed focused on the vision. Yeah, right. that, that's what I was just about to say. It's, it's, mm-hmm. that, it's just that sharp focus that keeps you moving towards your goal. Now, you bring up a good question for me. Let's go back a little bit, because earlier you said your brother and your dad had you pretty much crying when you left, because they, you know, you can't do that, da-da-da. What was it inside you that really said, no, I can't? Was, was, was there something from in the younger years or something? That, what was it, you think, that really kind of did that for you? You know, that's strong, man. let me it, tell you. It, it is. It is. It's like you get to this point in your life where we all have those decisions. We can think about them now. You're listening to me talking. You're thinking about that decision, whether you went for it or you didn't go for it. Mm-hmm. We all have that opportunity. And the only difference between me and you is that I just went for it. Mm-hmm. Not knowing what was on the other side of that. That there could be egg on the face, but I'm just going to go for it. <laughs> yeah, right, right. You know, I believe, you know, after reading those books, and I believe that I was primed for that opportunity. After I read that book, I knew, I was like, okay, I have to become somebody different and the opportunity is going to show up. And I didn't think about that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But that's what I felt was happening. Here it is that I'm a salesman going to eat lunch at a car dealership with a buddy of mine and the owner yelling at me saying, hey, who are you? <laughs> and what do you do? You know? Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, I mean, come on. And this guy's like, are you any good? I mean, this is what he's saying in front of everybody in the showroom floor. Are you any good? And I mean, I, I sell suits part-time, and I, I, I'm, my sales are higher than the guys that are full-time. Does that qualify me to be <laughs> <Yeah>. any good? <laughs> and he says, man, come sell cars. Yeah. Absolutely. So it's just, if that guy saw that in me in front of the whole showroom floor, mm-hmm. it's easy for me to go talk to my parents and go run away and say, you know what? My feelings are hurt, but I'm still going to pursue it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go give it everything that I have because I made that commitment to myself. Mm-hmm. And I was willing to obey the commitment I made to myself. And so it was just, hey, it was that inner conviction. And I said, I'm going to go and do that. I'm going to go do it. I'm going to follow down that path. And I think that's where it starts is that if we can make commitments, if we can set some targets in our own personal lives and actually meet those targets, 
despite what other people think and say, that's the beginning process of momentum and life change. Mm-hmm. Everything begins to change when you can obey what you tell yourself and what you really believe. That's right. Everything, Strong. Everything changes. That's right. And two, another thing you said earlier, too, and I think it was a, is a big factor here as well, is you identify what your key skills were, some mm-hmm. of your strengths, right? Communication, mm-hmm. how you made other people feel and such. And you used that. You knew that was my skill, so let me maximize this and really use it to its nth degree to help create success in my life. That's so true. Well, that's cool. Tagged with that belief on top of it that, you know what, I can do this. Mm-hmm. I know I can. Mm-hmm. I can see it, and you just went after it. That's good. Mm-hmm. And when you know that, you walk with a different confidence. That's right. And that's, I mean, that's what everybody's searching for, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What's that it that I have? What's that it in me? What is that? What's that thing that I can walk boldly knowing that this is what I'm good at? Uh, and then that's when you right. look that's when you good. look back and you see all the successes that you've had along the way, you talk about the momentum, I would imagine it snowballs. Mm-hmm. It gets bigger and bigger and continues to drive you harder and harder and does it become does it become more um, effortless at a point, or do you really do you find that you got to give it the same amount of energy and drive? Like, does it become easier in in any way for you? So the whole process is that you go from being who somebody else said you were, yeah, to this whole process of just getting back to who you are. Yeah, and when you are who you are, that yeah it doesn't require. You can. You don't have to have a long-term memory. You can just forget because you, you're just being who you are. <laughs> yeah. You don't right. have to be anybody else. It's now you just strip the onion. Yeah. And peel back is, layers. You just peel it back to layers. Yeah. And now it's like I'm just being me. Yeah. That's right. And the people that are around me love me for me, mm-hmm. and my businesses are locked in around me. Mm-hmm. You know, and so all I have to be is me. So I don't, I don't walk in there being cocky. I don't walk in there have to be, hey, everybody, act like you're working. <laughs> be you. Like, I'll tell people that, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. You don't have to get off that doing that. I mean, hey, that's what you do. <laughs> Go ahead and do that. As long right. as you get your work done, what am I right. Well, and then <laughs> I, I think that's an asset is, is to be just, just who you are, to be genuine, mm-hmm. you know, and to have that, that sort of um, – and it's not a facade. You know, you're transparent. You are who you are. Mm-hmm. And people can rely on that. And then that builds trust and that builds confidence in mm-hmm. who you are, your word. They can see your track record and go, you know what? Nate's been there. He's done that. I think I'm going to listen to him and, mm-hmm. and really soak in his thoughts and what he has to say and his coaching method and, and, the, mm-hmm. you know, and to allow that to take me to that next level. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how'd you stumble cool. across home health? That's kind of a completely different industry to some degree. I'm glad you asked. <laughs> That's why I wanted to ask. I'm there's sure there's that a big good smile story again. there. There is a story sure there. There's a great there's story. A great story. I, I was sought after for that business. Because mm-hmm. the, the reason I asked that too is this, I know home health is a competitive business. There's a lot of those home health There's companies out there. They're all over the place. Mm-hmm. So when I was in business brokering, I met this gentleman. Well, I met him in Bible study, and um, we became really good friends. And I helped him in his. He was he he owned a business uh, selling businesses confidentially. So the the very mm-hmm. where I bought my first business was from that business that he bought, and so he had currently ran it and operated it at the time. And so we became really good friends. Uh, got to know each other really well, and he just took a liking into me and what I was doing. And there was this one listing that it was a healthcare business that lady was ready to retire. She, due to all the regulations, she was saying, hey, look, 
this and the business made, I don't know, six or seven hundred thousand dollars a year in profit. And she says, mm. I'm just ready to shut the doors. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah, I'll shut the doors. I've already made my money. I don't want to sell it. I'm done. So he convinces her to do like a one-time listing. And he approaches me with, he says, Nate, I think you should do something like this. Like, you're already in the daycare business. This is very similar to your management style and skill. Your team can just easily operate this business. And I remember telling him at the time, "Mm, nah, I don't think so. (laughs) He was going to write the money. He was going to write the check for this business to get me in this business. And I remember saying, "Mm, I'm growing the daycares right now. I have to stay focused on that. My hands are full. This is the thing that God's blessed me with. I have to stay here in this lane. And so I turned it down. I literally turned it down. That was the first opportunity for me to get into that business. Mm-hmm. And later down the line, about three years later, he approaches me again. And he says, okay, man, I got this. This is, this is, I got this one. You know, this is, you know, not a, not a, uh, uh, you know, this is under $200,000 price tag. You know, it's got all the, so I look at it and I say, okay, okay, okay. I'm in a better position. My attention is not as so focused on the daycares at the time. And I remember looking at the business and saying, hmm, okay, well, let me meet the leaders. Let me meet the people that are in the business because the guy was no longer going to be involved. He was gone. He was going away. And so once I met the leaders and introduced myself and act like I was a, a client, I realized that those people were not being empowered. Mm-hmm. Wow. And... When I realized that, because my whole thing is, is that I don't, if I'm the genius in the room, then it's just me. It's my show. Yeah. And so I'm always looking for somebody else that is going to run that business or going to run that operation, going to run that team or going to, so I'm looking for that. So anytime I'm looking at a business, I'm looking for where's the leader at? Where are they at? And so in this business, I realized, okay, I see the leader. This guy wants to, again, wants to put up the money for me to be in this business. This is a match made. Let's do it. And that's how I got into business. So literally, he sought me. But it just goes back to what I was saying. Opportunities show up. They show up. Mm -hmm. But we have to go from this stage of what everybody else has said we are, who we believe we are, Mm -hmm. to just navigating to who we really are. And when you start navigating to who you are, you become super interesting because not many people are running around knowing exactly who they are. They're imposters. Well, they're trying to be many people trying to be what other people said we should be, they or what they think is important for society or whatever. Yeah. It's, it's a show, yeah. and when you perform, mm-hmm. sometimes you're not always on your game. Not every performer performs perfectly. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. So when the performance wears off and you're tired and you're worn out, then people start seeing some other sides. Now you mm-hmm. seem inconsistent. Then you get frustrated. Then you get stressed. Then you get <laughs> you know all the other things that goes along with that. Yeah. And. Anxiety steps in. Snowballs the the wrong way. The wrong way. Yep. The wrong way. Interesting. So, and at which point now did you kind of begin to do, obviously, from what you said, you're looking to empower people, and you've always kind of looked for those people around you, whether it be in your business or outside of it, because you you said earlier you looked at the other people around you that were successful and how do they walk, how do they act, how do they do. So I see where that comes from. But at what point was it, you know, I need to kind of help other people, the kind of coaching stuff you kind of started doing a little bit of. And I know you kind of went kind of a little full tilt on it, and you kind of drove them back a little bit mm-hmm. just from a time aspect because mm-hmm. it takes a lot of time and energy. Mm-hmm. Where was it that kind of came into play for you? That was roughly about three and a half years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was around that beach trip. 
where okay. I read that book and really started digging deep into me and just really because at 27, so let's see, that was 28, 33 now. So it's five years ago. It was five years ago. Uh, I was playing golf very often, three, four days a week. Yeah. You jealous yet, Wolf? <laughs> Absolutely. I was yeah. having a fun time. That's I was right. having a great time. I'm thinking, Business come on, on. I got yeah, all of this stuff I need to be doing. Like, I got plenty of opportunity, plenty of things in the tank that I mm-hmm. should be doing. And, and I'm playing golf with guys that are in their 50s mm-hmm. and 60s. And I'm thinking, okay, this I, I, I should be doing more. And so that I started, that's an inner voice again. I'm toiling mm-hmm. with that saying, okay, why am I not like satisfied here? Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, okay, what is it? Diving into leadership books and just really started journaling and just really mm-hmm. focusing in on that and just just putting my thoughts on paper. And, uh, and I felt like God was telling me that I'm going to use you to coach and consult other people, to empower other people. It's like, okay. So I started a consulting company. It's like, okay, sure. I mean, I started a consulting company. No clients. I used to buy businesses. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. But then it started getting clear about three years ago where it was like people start calling me and saying, hey, can you help me with this? Or, hey, can you do this? And, and then it was uh, two years ago, a good friend of mine, he paid for me to go to see Tony Robbins. Never heard of the guy. Oh, yeah. Day with Destiny? Uh, no, I went to Business Mastery. So his oh, top yeah, level. Sure. Yeah, that's a good one there. I I went to that, and at the end of it, I remember looking at him and saying, this is what I need to be doing. <laughs> and he looks at me and just starts laughing and says, I know. This is why. Uh, I, I yeah. made the investment mm-hmm. to pay. This is a $10,000. I was about to say, that's it. For folks who've never been to a I mean, Wolf and I went and saw Tony Robbins at a small, it was only like 100 bucks or so a piece. Mm-hmm. Richard got a high five from Tony Robbins. He hadn't watched that hand since. <laughs> But, you know, for folks that don't know, and then there's, like, Unleash the Power Within that's, like, a two-grand ticket, maybe $1,000 or so. Yeah, I believe so. Ten like grand. Three to five days. And, not, and look, Nate didn't stroke that check himself. Someone else invested Somebody in him because in they me. saw that in him. Wow. Like, they would take their money, their $10,000. Again, opportunity yep. shows up. Yep. And send me over there. Mm-hmm. And look, let me tell you. I, I turned him down three times. <laughs> like, no, dude, I ain't going to no, see no, no Tony Robbins. I've never been to a conference, and I'm not going to one now. <laughs> I'm like, no. You stuck so wrong I remember you? he calls me and says, hey, man, the guy that was going backed out. Uh, do you, you still, do you want to, what's the deal, man? You want to go? I'm like, all right, I'll go. <laughs> and this is like two, two weeks before, you know, all right, I'll go. I'll get a, you know, change a ticket or whatever else. And, and so I go. And five, I don't know, five, six days of just sheer, just beat uh, down and just bawling. And oh, it's intense, isn't it? It's intense. Oh, and yes. I remember that I was sitting in the last day listening to Tony talk, and, and I looked at uh, this guy and I said, this is what I should be doing. Like, yeah. Like, I literally could see myself up there speaking. And he just laughed and chuckled, and he says, yeah, that's why. That's why I invested in that's why I brought you here. That's why I wanted you to come see this. For Richard, yourself. you've told me that before about me, so I'm waiting for you to write that check for me to go to. <laughs> Isn't that great, though? So then I took when a client. You get that, you know? Yeah, I took a client. Their lives change, and they won't stop paying me. Mm-hmm. You know, so then it's just it's just other people. They just get it, and so the demand. Wow. So as I start putting my stuff out there, I realize the problem is not me putting my stuff out there. It's I don't have the time. Mm-hmm. To do it, so so on my website, I would have my calendar up there, so anybody can book me. 
And so then it got to a point where it's like I had no time for myself because I was just booked. And I was like, okay, now I've got to switch this around. Now I've right. got to navigate this. What I thought was not going to be a demand is now I see as a demand. And then it went from that to, okay, now I need to identify who I really want to work with. I don't want to uh, just yeah. take people's money because mm-hmm. I, I don't need the money. So I, these people need this type of work done. So I want right. to pick and choose who it is that I really want to work with that I can commit all my time to. So then it went to, okay, maybe I just coach 10 people. Then it was like, okay, that's still a lot of people. Maybe I just need to coach five. And that's pretty much where I'm at. It's just I want to coach five people. I want to mentor a couple people, and that's it. And so now, you know, I'm mentoring and coaching five people and really just investing my time with them, and it's all relational. And uh, and it's a lot of stuff that they catch, you know, just being around me. We're spending time together, fellowshipping together, talking about their ups and downs, making them come up with their responses, being creators and not managers, and really mm-hmm. thinking about for themselves, what decisions can they make in these different situations and scenarios? And so that's kind of how I got into it. Hmm. That's good. So, man, we've, we've covered a lot of ground here, haven't we? I, I tell I, you. I, I've heard we you. Really have. I, I do want to ask this. I've heard you reference, um, you know, you're, you're a PK, pastor's kid, right? Mm-hmm. You grew up around the ministry, right? How, and you've, you've referenced your faith a couple of times. How important is that faith life for you, and where, where do you draw from that in, in what you do on the daily? Yeah, definitely a base. It's the foundation, period. I mean, look, everything that I'm going to coach anybody on is foundational and principles from the, from the Bible. Sure. I mean, yeah. It's just what it is. Um, and so it all leads back to that. Mm-hmm. We all have a creator. I don't care what you believe. <laughs> I don't care what religion you're in. There was definitely a creator. Yeah. And that creator created this whole thing right here. Yeah. And this thing knows that there was a creator. I don't yeah. care how you fight it. It's just there. And so super important to me. And it's so important that I spend that kind of time with them every day. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's part of my morning routine. I got to read the word. I got to meditate and pray. I got to do a little journaling. I got to lead some. I got to read some leadership. And then I go and listen to some music and go really challenge myself physically. But, yeah, it's a big part of my foundation. Huge. It's great. It's cool. It's good stuff. Well, as you probably know, and I know Morgan does here, you know, another Really kind of what we've talked about today comes back to mindset, it seems like, if you had to pick an over kind of arching mm-hmm. term there. And as we've talked, you know, another couple of my things is, you know, mastering money and mastering relationships can make a big difference in your life. Give us just a little snippet on what have you learned about money over this time and, you know, how do you structure it and, you know, saving, investing, all that kind of thing. Just whatever general, but what's something that our listeners maybe could take away as a good key tip in those two areas? So... Everybody wants to reach goals financially. I don't know anybody that doesn't. They can say, oh, well, you know, I just want to just kind of pay my bills. But nobody wakes up on Monday morning saying, I want to just pay my bills. That's not a good goal. That's terrible. So deep down you're saying, hey, I want to make some more money. Mm -hmm. And so my challenge to anybody that wants to learn about money and and accumulate or save, look, money is not made to be saved. You create it. You create wealth. Mm -hmm. You create it. Mm -hmm. And so if you can educate yourself on what that means, what that really means is that like I can go, I can go buy a piece of real estate for a discounted price, and own that piece of real estate, and now I created that wealth. So, how does that look in a non-investor scenario? Is somebody says, "Hey, I want to buy my first home." Instead of paying full retail, go find something that's needs some work. Go find something that's not mm-hmm. as pretty. Fixer go find open. something that yep. you can fit, put some work into, some sweat equity into your home. Right. But on the other side, you created a nest egg. Like, you mm-hmm. can go buy your first house and have $30,000 or $40,000 of equity. How many right. years does it take an average American to save $50,000? Right. 
Yeah. A long, long time. time. Long time. But if they just switch their perspective and their decision making mm. on how they look at these different opportunities, they can create wealth in their own circle, in their own scenario. So my advice is always to the people that says, hey, how do I get involved? I have a house that I love. I say, sell your house. <laughs> go sell the one you paid retail for and go find one that you can go get a lot of equity on. Yeah. And get you a second checkbook that now you can use to go and make some investments. Mm-hmm. Wow. So That's money is made to be created. You go create the wealth. It's so easy to make. Mm-hmm. We get troubled by looking at, okay, I got to go to this job. If I sell this amount or if I do this and I clock in, this is how much money I'm going to make. How do I manage that? But we never think about how we create new money. Mm-hmm. That's good. Like so we that. just manage and we just stay in our own little ecosystem. But yeah. if you can think about creating the creation part of it, you can realize, hey, there's plenty of opportunities at the level that I'm at that I can make more money, that I can do more things, that I can get my own break to go now invest in other things. Mm-hmm. That's, That's good because I firmly believe in that too. We were, we are created from a creator, and we are creators. You know, what I mean, okay. look around us: the chairs, the tables, the cars. The that was somebody's idea one time, right? Because if Henry Ford would have went around asking, what do you think we could do better here? You know, they said, well, we just need faster horses. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and nobody would have said had the idea of a car until he kind of came up with that idea and then fleshed it out and made it reality. You know, so that's it. I believe we're right. We're creators. So that's a good concept for people to really walk away with. Yeah, I just sure. make a statement. I'll make this one statement and stop. It's that we get used to managing things that people created ah. instead of creating ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. I like that. Mm-hmm. Use what somebody else created to now inspire you to create as well. Mm-hmm. Don't just manage what somebody else already created. You're designed to create as well. Absolutely. Wholeheartedly agree. Now, last thing before we wrap up, then, tell us about relationships. How do you feel about that? And what are some key strengths and, you know, things that people can do to maximize their relationships, whether it's a spouse, significant other, maybe just people around them, you know? Dude, you got all the good questions. <laughs> That's what he does. You got all the good questions. It's annoying. I try. Thank you. Man, no. you just pull stuff out of me. This is just awesome. <laughs> hey, that's what I got you here for. Trying to pick that brain of yours. Relationships are a huge thing for me, as you can tell. I mean, I, I just, I mean, my, my business really just depends on that. It thrives sure. on that. Uh, but me personally, I'm a relational guy, and I think that's one of those love languages for me is that I, I just, I love being connected and with other people. Uh, but I would think the, the biggest key in any kind of relationship is is uh, absenting your personal uh, agendas and really mm-hmm. focus in the other on the other person. If you can silence your emotions, if you can silence what your expectations are, you can, can silence all the agendas and all the things that go through your head of how you can get what you need to get out of the relationship and really focus on what they're trying and what their needs are in the relationship, mm-hmm. everything begins to change because... It's like the servant leader always talks about. I mean, you got to serve in every aspect of your life and even in how you communicate and how you relate with other people. Mm-hmm. See, like I'm an owner of a not a small company anymore. I'm considered a large organization because I, you know, I probably have four over 400 employees now. And so I, I, ha- I could walk in a room and be the boss. I mean, I can walk in a boardroom like this and say, hey, and demand the room, command the room and be the boss and call the shots. But no. I want to find out how's my team doing? Mm-hmm. What's up with them? Before I even spill my agenda, I want to know what's up with you? How are you really doing? Good. No, tell me what's beyond that good. I really yeah. want to know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I really want to know. Is it sucking for you? Because it is. I want to know how I can help. 
Mm. And so if you can if you can absent that and people can realize how much you truly care and that interest in them, mm-hmm. everything begins to change. Everything changes. It's the same thing in politics. It's the same thing in marriages. It's the same thing in friendships. It's the same thing in high school drama. It's the same thing in all of these cases. Work drama is just, if you really think about any piece of drama, is that you got this little bitty thing that you want to prove. There's one thing that you want to angle on. There's one agenda that you have that's causing all of it in the first place. <laughs> if you can just cut all that off and say, let me just put myself in their shoes and realize what's going on in there, how they're viewing me, mm-hmm. how they're looking at me, how they, what's the things that they have to deal with, and then you start really realizing, wait a second, hmm, there's something more than that. There's something more to what I think or expect of that person. So my thing is, is to put others first. That's good. Love God and love others, right? Mm-hmm. But intentionally do that. Yeah. Intentionally. Saying yep. it is one thing and doing it, putting uh, feet to that at those words is another whole deal right We're there. We're born selfish, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> my, 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 my. Yep. So it doesn't change. That's just the flesh part of us, right? Yep. Extension of childhood. Yeah. One other thing, too, you mentioned earlier about empowerment. What's your feelings on how do you really truly empower other people? You know, whether it's a, you know in the family or in the work setting, how do you really empower folks? Find things that they're really good at that they don't realize that they're good at mm-hmm. and vocalizing it and making it public. There you go. Nothing more than that empowers somebody yeah. else. You have to call that out of people, I think, sometimes. Oh, no, I agree. Know, especially, oh, if they're, yeah. especially if they're in, they genuinely don't know. Some people are just maybe in denial about it that because they have a, a certain humility to them. You know, they, they excel in something, but they've mm-hmm. not made that cognitive um, uh, connection that this is something that's like wow maybe I, I have something here that mm-hmm. I can really use yeah and I think and you're right too and we're coming back to leadership tie-in is I think that it's that good leaders will help people not only recognize what it is but they'll give them the opportunity to shine in that area right mm-hmm. and use those gifts and those talents and that really begins to you know again getting rid of our agendas and how can these people help maximize themselves? Because it's going to grow the business, grow the company. Mm-hmm. It's going to help everybody in the whole, whole yeah, world. Yeah, I think the biggest time. key is that you got to challenge yourself past just a status quo, just a check mark of, mm-hmm. hey, I'm like I'll encourage somebody, hey, look, they'll complain to me about their boss. So I'll tell them, hey, look, man, go compliment the boss. Go and, you know, be friendly with them. Go go create a relationship with them. Or they'll come back and say, well, I told them good job that they were doing a good job. <laughs> well, you just, or you just did a check mark. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Push yourself further. Yes. Mm-hmm. Think. Say, be more detailed. Because that's really what it takes. The intentionality is saying, I'm going to go further. I'm going to identify some things mm-hmm. about my boss. Now, i got to get past my own personal preferences and my own personal beef with this person mm-hmm. now. i got to yeah. be intentional to say, you know what? I'm going to hold myself to a higher standard. What is it specifically that I like about my boss that they do very well? Forget about the 99 other things they do wrong. What's that one thing that they do right? <laughs> Yep. And really focus on that and go and tell them about that. And I can guarantee you that changes everything. Mm. Everything. everything. That one it's thing true. just yep. changes. Just go a step further. Anything that you do, any decision You're you right. make, before you make it, you say, okay, I was going to make this decision. How can I go a little bit further than that? Mm-hmm. It's like when I go to the bathroom, okay, I'm going to pick up the seat. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to leave it down and mistake that some woman's going to sit on that seat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. See, that's that little thing. Yep. I could do that, but I'm not going to do that. I'm going to pick up the seat. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to wipe the rim, whether somebody else is urine on there or not. Uh-huh. But it's that little, I know that's nasty, but I'm no, telling but you, it's that internal, it's that thing yeah. that's saying, mm-hmm. I'm going to push myself. When nobody's watching, mm-hmm. 
I'm going to always push myself a little bit further. Yeah, I, that's good. I like that. I'm, I'm reading John Gordon's The Hard Hat, and he makes that very comment. He, he's talking about pursuing excellence, but mm-hmm. he said a lot of that improvement, that 1%, that 1% yep. extra effort, mm-hmm. you, know, you know, whether it's anything you just mentioned, Nate, or anything that, that we do, it's just that one little bit when it all adds up, you know, uh, it's just mm-hmm. mind-blowing. Oh, it is, absolutely. Yeah. It goes back to another uh, philosophy I have, and I've helped a few people. You know, I don't know that they had serious challenge with their, you know, their spouse, but they were like, you know, just it's been frustrating lately, this and that. And I'm like, do you know what's important to them? Mm-hmm. You know? And maybe it's, you know, like I'll give an example. Personally, my wife, when I started to really pay attention and learn that, you know, putting things where they go around the house was important to you. Most specifically, before she left the house, she wanted everything to be in place. She's an interior decorator by, you know, just her creativity and stuff, so she wants her house to look right. But once I started kind of paying attention and, okay, let me pick up a few extra things. Let me put a few things back where they go. They might not even been mine that I left out. It might have been st- other stuff, but let me help fix that. I began to see the change, and that really is what you're talking about, that little extra step. Mm-hmm. Paying attention, looking and see what's going on around you, and, and what more, a little bit more I can do. No and that really began to make a little bit of a change. And, and when you start that, then one other thing, and then another little thing, mm-hmm. and it starts to add up real quickly when it comes to that. So that's good stuff, man. Yeah, you never asked me what I like. What's up with that? That's because I don't live with you. This is true. You know, <laughs> we see each other a lot. We talk a lot. I don't live with you. It's a whole different story uh, there. Well, and, Ju- and Julie benefits from that, um, your servant attitude. For yeah. That. So that's wonderful. Well, like I say, it's, uh, I've learned a lot along the way, but that's just one of the big things I yeah. think I've taken away. I agree. Well, man, Nate, this was good. This is I'm almost hate to bring it to I an know, end, but I man. mean, we can't sit here all night talking, you know? <laughs> Although, man, there's so much. We're going to have you back because yeah. there's so much more that you deeper, have to share. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so two things. Number one, where can we find you on social media? How can we connect with you? So I'm all over the place. Yeah. Okay, so I have an Instagram, at uh, Nathaniel T. Moore Fan. Uh, you, can find, yeah, you can find me on Facebook at either Nate Moore, which is maxed out, so don't go there. Uh, <laughs> you can go to Nathaniel T. Moore. Uh, on Facebook, uh, you can go and like my page there. I also have a website, NathanielTMore.com. Uh, you can also find me on uh, my podcast. It's the Nathaniel T. Moore Podcast. And Ooh. so um, you can find me there. But those are all areas that you can find me on. And I, I really I respond pretty quickly on Facebook. So if you want to shoot me a response, have any questions about what we're talking about, you heard me somewhere, mm-hmm. shoot me a message. I would love to respond. He's, he's just a few followers short of 58,000. So let's get some folks to That's start strong, following man. him That's on strong. there, man, here on, yeah. in, on Instagram. And then I know here locally you do a mastermind. Was it every other week? I do. Yeah. I do right. it every other Tell week. I do a co-ed, co-ed mastermind group. And then we just started. This is our third one today is an all-women's mastermind group. Whoa. So every Very Thursday nice. we're doing something uh, completely free, no registration required. You just show up and be you. And mm-hmm. What you'll find is is a group of people that are leaders, that are uh, business owners, uh, people that with a growth mindset looking to grow mm-hmm. further and better themselves. And they ask the right questions and they give different perspectives. And so it's a community and it's a, it's a group of people that's committed to each other to do better and be better and be their best self. And so, so it's just a cool place, a cool tribe to be with and uh, just making valuable relationships. Yeah, and that's here locally, Lafayette, Louisiana, at Schlotsky's. Every Thursday, women's is every other Thursday from today. 
Uh, co-eds the opposite Thursday. It's at Shalaskis on Johnson Street from 12 to 1. Mm-hmm. So if you show up and there's all women in that little room, come back the next week. Come back week. the next week. That's right. <laughs> if you're a guy, that is. If you're a lady, you can yeah. handle it. We're literally maxing out the place. There's no more parking there anymore. <laughs> oh, it's like, there's no more parking. Well, I'm sure can most everybody's buying lunch. Yeah, so I'm can sure you have he's not complaining. Yeah, no, no. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm sure you're awesome. helping contribute to the bottom line. So good stuff, Nate. I really appreciate you taking some time to yeah, come definitely. visit with us. Really do. Thanks for having me. Means a lot. And I think we've got a lot of good nuggets out of here we're going to share with folks. So oh, yeah. Hopefully it probably will be one of our top listen to podcasts. I can probably imagine. so. So we appreciate you. Wow. Thank you, man. All right. Well, until next time, Maximizers, we'll see you on the next episode. All right. Y'all take care. Be good. See you.